everyone. Welcome back to Sincerely Madison E. This is section five and six for the Exiting Excuses podcast. Uh, so again, this is based on a blog series that I am also posting online as well if you prefer to read. The last two episodes were on section one and two and three and four, so they don't go in any particular order, but if you would like to listen to those beforehand, they are available for you. Section five is titled, We Are All Mosaics. So what's a mosaic? A mosaic is a picture or pattern produced by arranging together small colored pieces of hard material, such as stone, tile, or glass. So essentially, it's a cultivation of what was once broken and has now been recreated into something beautiful, a new form of art, if you will. So how does this apply to us as people? Now, I won't ask you to recollect a painful moment in your life, but I'm sure if I made this request, you would have at least one event come to mind that changed the course of your life indefinitely. In other words, these are the things that tried and may have been successful in breaking you, but what you have done with those pieces is the masterpiece that you are now and will eventually become the legacy you leave behind. And this will be the only intangible thing that you leave behind. We have this way of wanting to instantly gratify a less than ideal situation and oftentimes end up looking in the darkest of places for answers. Some go to a liquor store or a bar, some go to a dealer, some go to what they know most, some go to museums, reminding themselves other things of history too. And I went to the bathroom drawer where my sister and I kept our razor blades. You see, when we look at ourselves in the mirror today, we like to explain our imperfections in relationships, in work, in school, in life, on the things that have happened to us, rather than being as close to perfect as we can be, despite those things. For two years, I tried covering up that part of my history, the part that I couldn't escape because of the proof worn on my ankles, my wrists, my stomach, and my thighs. I tried to erase what I viewed as moments of weakness, rather than looking at the absence of fresh wounds and seeing proof of my strength. I will never deny the decade I spent self-mutilating behind closed doors, but I will proudly stand and say I was bigger than what my demons tried to tell me I was, and this is something I want you to learn too. Broken does not mean you cannot be beautiful, but it is up to you to find the quote, glue, you need to recreate yourself, renovate yourself, and come back with a vengeance to destroy the things that will try to revert you back into pieces. I use a lot of my personal life as examples, and I will continue to do so because I want you all to know that you're not alone. If you've thought it, imagined it, been through it, or are trying to navigate your way out of it right now, chances are someone else is too. Seek solace in not only yourself, but in those around you. When I was in the process of overcoming my addiction to cutting, all I kept telling myself was, if I could just meet someone, find someone, come across someone who could be a light in my life, someone who could support me, love me, and care for me in such an unlovable form, I would be okay. I waited and waited and waited, and that person never came. It was in that moment where I felt most helpless and explored the option of ending it for myself, but not for everyone else. I say not for everyone else because I was one of the few lucky ones who was fortunate enough to be blessed with failure, a failure I will forever be grateful for. I was able to see the impact, the fear of loss, the brokenness of the people around me when they thought I wasn't going to be there the next day. Now that is not to say it was in that moment where things all of a sudden changed and I was rejuvenated with positivity, but it was a pivotal point in my life where I realized I couldn't keep waiting for that someone or something to come into my life and make it beautiful again. I had to do that myself. Something you will hear me say often is be the kind of person you want to meet. And I will say it because when we spend our time, our energy, and focus on being the epitome of what we consider our idol, we inevitably become one for ourselves. Then all of a sudden the people around you change. Your perspective on life changes. Your first thought in the morning and your last thought at night changes. 
This will lead into the next section where I want you to become your own hero. I want you to become the person you needed in those moments of chaos and heartache. And I want to tell you how to do it and how I've been doing it every day since. Section six, be your own hero. Not all heroes wear capes. So if you woke up this morning without yours, don't worry. You're still going to be a hero by the end of the day. I promise. In the previous section, I spoke about being the person you want to meet and being the person you needed in those moments of turmoil. But how? Write it down. Write down the name of your idol, your hero, the person you would be tomorrow if you could be. Chances are you didn't write your own name, and that's okay, but not sustainable. Why do I say it isn't sustainable? Because you are describing the person as they permit the world to see them. They have a different reason for living, for grinding. They're working towards a different goal and are living for different reasons. You cannot mirror a person's life who is not living with the same intent as you are. Look in the mirror. Stand in front of the mirror right now and name the top three things you know you bring to the table, whether it be in a work environment, a relationship, etc. Name three. Now ask yourself, if you are consistently bringing all three of those things to any and all opportunities you get. Let's say you wrote positivity, care, and loyalty. Now think of the last bad day you had and ask yourself, if you spent the worst part of that day trying to be positive, caring, and loyal, most likely you fell short on at least one of the three because if you allowed that day to bleed into the next, you're already becoming less loyal to yourself. But how? If you've committed to yourself to be the person you need and then you allow yourself to give into a moment that compromises one of those things, you've already become less loyal to your goal. Start with one. Prioritize the things on your list that are most important and start there. Why do you look up to that person? What is it about their life that you admire or strive for most? How can you start to make that happen for yourself? So when I was painfully making my way through that monumental chapter of my life, I started with smiling more. I looked up to Ellen DeGeneres, like many do, and admired her dedication to being kind to one another. I took that and ran. If you can't do it for yourself, start doing it for others. This goes back to being the kind of person you want to meet. We are those of whom we choose to surround ourselves with, and I wanted to make that as positive of an environment as I possibly could. And for a while, that meant being alone. I realized in that moment that much of what I had been surrounding myself with was what perpetuated a negative headspace. A toxic relationship, a miserable work environment, and a feeling of unfamiliarity every time I stood in front of the mirror. I cut everyone off. Both voluntarily and inevitably, I cut most everyone in my life off that I did not feel represented the person I wanted to become. And I will not lie. I was alone for a while, but I was not lonely. The closer I came to figuring out who I was, the more excited I became to meet her. It has been roughly a year since I truly began trying to reinvent myself, and I have hit a few speed bumps along the way. Radical candor is key. One of the greatest lessons I have learned is to be honest with yourself, as you want others to be with you. When we lack a sense of self-awareness or allow oblivion to overshadow, we would only be hindering our own growth. Do not be afraid of change. I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but I will reiterate that life does not remain exciting when lived inside of our comfort zones. When you are the least comfortable, that is oftentimes when you will do the most changing. It is up to you to decide if it will be for the better or not. All you have is you. It may sound morbid to say, but it is true. No one else is able to live your life for you. It just is simply impossible, but it is not always easiest to accept. We tend to go in the direction of those going through similar struggles rather than seeking out those who have made it out onto the other side. This is a hindrance to our growth because we are continuing to feed the worst of two evils. 
There's an old story titled The Fight of Two Wolves and is perfect representation of the message I'm hoping to get across. So it's what I want to leave you with to conclude this episode. It goes as followed. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside of me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight and it's between two wolves. One is evil. He's anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He's joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside of you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Make it a great day, everyone.